We're good. I'm awesome. pretty sure we're good. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome everybody to the uh, State of the Lakers post-game spaces uh, after what's probably going to be, you know, the lowest point we've had since the uh, uh, the terrible day when when uh, LeBron went down and Schroeder got his COVID suspension for 14 days. Um, that was probably the lowest we felt this season. This is kind of getting kind of close to that. Uh, try to keep some perspective. It's series tied at two. So, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. Um, uh, but, man, it's, it's with how good this Phoenix Suns team is, which is what something – something that Raj and I have talked about extensively with as good as this Suns team is, it's difficult to imagine um, uh, uh, beating them down two starters, uh, especially when one of those starters is Anthony Davis, who coming into the series we talked about was, you know, the key to the series. So it's definitely not a time to be super optimistic, but I think as Raj and I work through some of this stuff today, we might be able to find some uh, silver linings. Uh, Raj, where are you at right now after all of this? Yeah, so like before every one of these spaces, I try to write down the things that go on in the game. And after AD went down, it was kind of like there was no point in really writing down too many notes. I felt like they were just trying to fight through that. Um, AD is a guy that goes down a lot. He has a lot of lingering issues. So a lot of people playing doctor on the timeline saying he's going to be you know out for a long time. You never know. We just have to see. But you're right. This is a 2-2 series. And I think I told you and I told anyone who would listen that the Suns are really good. They're really well coached. Um, I didn't expect this to be a short series. I thought this would be a six, at least a six-gamer. It looks like that's what it will be. They'll have one more game um, in Phoenix and then a game back here. So I guess that's the silver lining with it. And there were good things to take from this game. Um, I thought Phoenix came out. They punched hard. The Lakers' energy was not matched. They went up like 11, and then LeBron went out, and all the all the things they were, they were doing well just went off the floor. Um, so that's mm-hmm. the main thing here. And Chris Paul, I thought, had an amazing game. Um, he looked as healthy as he did this whole series. He looks back to where he was hitting jumpers right in the mid range. Um, and that's how this game went. And now you have to at least hope that AD at least can give it a go in a game, game five. So let, we'll talk about AD as we start to project forward to game five. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a couple of things. I thought the Lakers came out lackadaisical in the first half. I thought that they were the less urgent team, which is to be expected. Like, kind of a general rule of thumb with NBA playoff basketball is whoever won a game, the previous game is probably going to play less hard uh, than the team who, who, who lost the previous game. That's a general rule of thumb. It's not always the case, but it's generally the rule. And, uh, and the Suns came out and kind of took it to them. There were some highlight plays from the Lakers, but for the most part, the Suns were better and more solid in the first half and they take a four point lead. Uh, AD goes down Grabs his groin. We'll talk about it uh, after we talk about the game. Uh, but I thought that the Lakers came out of the halftime. I um, uh, came out of halftime looking like a team that was a little bit shell shocked. Um, particularly LeBron, uh, I thought in that third quarter had absolutely no urgency. It was the exact opposite of the way he approached the third quarter in Game Two. Um, you just just came out and floated through the third quarter, which makes me think that. LeBron was discouraged, um, which is not an excuse. I just think that that that's what happened to the Lakers. I thought as a unit, they looked discouraged and shell-shocked by the AD injury. And I think uh, they kind of blew an opportunity because from about the, you know, 
four, three, four minute mark of the third quarter through the end of the game, the Lakers actually kind of stepped up to Phoenix and showed some fight. And with the exception of some big shots that Phoenix made at the end and a couple of huge mistakes, uh, the Lakers actually played pretty well. Uh, but to start the third quarter, they blew any opportunity of stealing that game by floating and pouting and, and, and showing a, kind of a lack of, of, of mental toughness uh, as a result of the AD injury. So I thought that was kind of a blown opportunity. But if there's a silver lining, it's the fact that over that last 15, 16-minute stretch, they played better than Phoenix uh, by some amount. And that means that you can go into Phoenix and win. Um, so I thought that was the, kind of like a weird dynamic in the second half as far as their belief went, if that makes sense. Yeah, they were kind of fighting the refs a lot tonight. I thought Booker got a lot of, like, touch fouls early. That really frustrated them. I think um, he had, like, eight early free throws. Um, LeBron had, I think, three for the whole game, for majority of the game. And I think they, that kind of really frustrated them. But they lost this game on open jumpers again. I thought, like, a lot of open jumpers didn't go down. They have to go just to get those runs going. And when those miss, it puts a lot of pressure, especially without AD being himself. He wasn't aggressive on Jay Crowder because – Obviously, he wasn't feeling 100%. It puts a lot of pressure on LeBron to score. I thought he came out in the third really just not aggressive. Um, the Suns pushed that lead. They were up four. They pushed it to double digits really quickly. And then uh, he tried to wait to get going. I thought he waited till the fourth. Might have waited a little too long to get going, and that kind of um, ended the game. But, yeah, look, they, they looked really frustrated tonight. And uh, they looked like a team that knew they weren't getting their second superstar back. So that was a tough one. Um, but I think, look, it's a 2-2 series. So, both teams are really good. This is I've said before. I think this is the two best teams in the West when they're healthy, and uh, that's what it's looking like. These aren't easy games. These aren't easy series for um, either of them. It'll be a long series. In Game Five, both teams will be able to adjust, and the Lakers I think will come out with a little bit more energy, a little bit more force, hopefully a little bit more intensity um, than they did tonight. And these twelve thirty games too, man. It just I don't know. It looks very sluggish. A lot of turnovers early. It looked like they both teams waited till like after the first quarter to get going. I don't. Did you see that as well? Um, these these early starts seem to just have a have a really rough flow to start with them, start these games. Yeah, I mean, well, it compounds that thing I was just talking about as it pertains to the the, the gap and the effort between the two teams. Um, but again, like for what it was like, you know, uh, I thought the Lakers had some moments there where they looked like the confident team that felt like they were going to win. It's it really was, you know, I'm everyone. Everyone knows I'm a LeBron fan. Uh, I grew up in Tucson, Arizona. I'm not necessarily associated with any NBA fran- uh, franchise, um, but I'm a LeBron fan. But I'm I'm the kind of LeBron fan that's hard on LeBron because I actually do think he's one of the greatest basketball players ever, potentially the greatest player ever. And and I think that that means you get held to a certain standard. And And I was really disappointed in the way in which he approached that second half because, like, again – Let's say let's say AD has mildly strained his groin and and it looks like he's not going to be able to play for a week. OK, if you're LeBron, you got to be looking at that like, OK, we have to win tonight or today, because if we win today and we're up three games to two, that buys us a margin of error to potentially close out this series quickly or three to one. I mean, to potentially close out this series quickly and give Anthony Davis a chance to rest. And instead, he went out discouraged and sloppy. Um, and I thought the rest of the team kind of followed suit. And, you know, like at, from that standpoint, I thought it was, it, it was a, a, a doesn't mean, you know, LeBron won't 
have a chance to to redeem himself. I certainly think he will. And we're going to talk some strategy stuff with that here in a second. Um, but like I, I I was really disappointed in his lack of aggression and just the lack of focus. Like like Drummond had a really really bad game. It was one of the worst Drummond games he's played in the in the last few weeks. I thought. He was uh, bad on the defensive end. He was uh, he was getting psyched out and doing too much flopping and too much uh, too much extracurricular activity that was getting himself unfocused and away from the game. And I think that that kind of thing. I'm not again. I'm not blaming LeBron for that, but I think that those types of things, like guys like Drummond that can tend to get unfocused, I think those things can slip off the rails a little bit when your leader's not in it. And so I, I feel like LeBron does deserve some criticism for the way that that second half went off the rails. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's the leader. He has to get going. Um, but again, it just looked looked like the whole team was just not ready after they heard about AD. And with Drummond, like with for Drummond for me, like he's he looks great when AD and LeBron are at their top of their game, right? That's where mm-hmm. he can play his best when he can use his physicality. With AD not himself, he wasn't able to dominate the offensive rebounds. Chris Paul started to get really aggressive, started to attack him on switches, um, hitting jumpers over him. I thought Devin Booker as well was a lot more aggressive. But yeah, but like. Going with Drummond, like, Marcus Saul was great, though. I guess we can kind of move on to, like, on the court mm-hmm. stuff. I thought that was the real big positive here. Um, Marcus Saul, again, looked like he should be on the floor. His defense, I thought, was fantastic in that second half, especially um, really getting in, getting in stance, getting in off screens. And then him shooting threes was huge, got them back in the game. Um, he was the only one that could hit threes, it looks like. But just giving LeBron that space to work, especially without AD being himself, I think – he needs to be in the lineup more. Did you see that as well from Marcus Saul today, being the being the big factor? Yeah, Mark was Mark was amazing, and he needs to be someone they lean on more heavily in this particular three game series coming up. Because the number one takeaway I had from that game in terms of strategy in the second half was Aiton was a freaking beast, just an absolute animal on both ends of the floor, and particularly on the defensive end. He really discouraged LeBron and Dennis Schroeder from getting to the basket. Like part of the reason why LeBron was a little bit passive and part of the reason why Schroeder missed all those layups was because of the fact that Aiton was parked underneath the basket the entire second half. And strategically, Vogel has to figure that out because what they can't keep doing is asking LeBron and Schroeder to cover for the absence of Anthony Davis and set them up for an extremely difficult process by letting Aiton camp under the basket. Now, whether that's just a whole lot of screen and roll with when Drummond's on the floor and then just begging. Like, there were a couple of possessions there where Marcus Gasol's, like, standing in the dunker spot. I'm like, what are you doing? What's the point, right. of, having you, what's the point of having you out there if you're going to do that? Like, at a, at a certain point, like, you've got to put – like, so we need – let's say AD is hurt, which we don't know. We need LeBron to go like straight up vintage 2018 LeBron in this next week in order for the Lakers to win this series. The only way that's happening is if they can get Aiton out of the paint. That's the only way it's happening. Because right now, as you can tell, his jump shot's just a little too inconsistent, probably because he's recently returned from injury. And even if it is, like he's just not going to be able to make enough jump shots to, to swing a series like this unless they can find a way to open up the driving lanes for Schroeder and LeBron so that they can get something going on that end. And so I, I think it'll be interesting to see what Frank does strategically to try to, because I think when he looks at the tape, 
he's just going to see LeBron and Schroeder driving into Aiton. And uh, Schroeder was just throwing up wild scoop shots and missing them almost every time. And LeBron would get beat to the spot by Aiton and would turn over his right shoulder and take that fade away. And I think he missed three, he missed three or four of those um, where, he got, where he got turned away at the rim. And that's because he beat Crowder, and there's Aiton just waiting for him underneath the basket. It was like the, the 2012 semis against Indiana all over again uh, with, with Roy Hibbert. Like he just, he's got to figure out a way to get, get the center out of the lane. Yeah, I think part of that, our shooters have to start hitting their open shots too, right? The Suns are absolutely packing the paint. They're daring our guys to make threes. LeBron was one for seven from three. But even the shots that he's creating, AD was 0 for three. But, I mean, that was in the that was in the first half. Kyle Kuzma again, one for five. Like, they're just daring them to make threes. And if, if they're not hitting their threes, they're going to continue to just uh, pack the paint on us. And there's nothing really that they can do. So until our guys hit threes, they're just going to keep doing that. And, like, you brought up Dennis Schroeder. I had him in my notes. He's the next guy I guess we can go to. Um, he went, what did he go for today? Three for 13. Like, that's just not enough. Like, he needs – I understand 13 shots probably is good for him, but he needs to get into that mid-range shot, like, rather than just going all to, all the way to the rim or hitting threes. Um, he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, he can't have games like this, especially with AD um, kind of out. He was a minus eight for the game tonight. Uh, and I think, what, three assists for Dennis Schroeder? So, I, like, mm-hmm. he, he's the one that has to pick up the offensive uh, production here especially in game five uh, without Anthony Davis. He's the one that is demanding that contract as well. So, like, that's where the production has to come from. Like, if Anthony Davis is out, we need offense. I think we had, like, what, 60 points with three three minutes left in the third. Like, no matter how good your defense is, that's just not winning games. Um, this team already struggles to score. So, he's the next guy. Like, what do you want to see from him um, in, in game five? Again, so uh, th- so th- that that beginning, that stretch there at the start of the third was where everything went off the rails. Yeah. And and we and we talked earlier about how it had a lot to do with the uh, um, the bad body language and, th- and things along those lines. But you know, Drummond, we talked a lot in in, in previous uh, podcasts about how Drummond he do- he's he's a classic trade off. You're trading spacing for his yeah. physicality on the offensive glass, for his uh, defensive activity in pick and roll, where he can be good with his hands and he's he does he does a good job of being up at the screen while at the same time recovering back. And, and bothering Aiton around the basket. He brings all of those things. Um, but you do understand that there is the downside of that lack of spacing. And so in a game like tonight where, or today, I should say, where he's a little bit unfocused on defense and he's flopping instead of playing good, strong physical defense and, and he's not giving you anything on the offensive glass, it, 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 it kind of, the trade-off kind of swings in a negative favor. And at that point, like with Schroeder, you made a great point. He's, he's right now he's putting his head down and getting to the rim. He's not taking those mid range jump shots right now. And so uh, at least not, I think he took two or three of them today, but I'm with you that, that, that number needs to be higher. But the question yeah. becomes like, at what point when Frank is looking at the film, does he look at this? Like, okay, without Anthony Davis, I need to get more out of Dennis. I need to get more out of LeBron. LeBron's jumper doesn't look great right now. You know, what do, what do I have to do to kind of create some space? And, and I'm, like I said earlier, I, I, I'm interested to see what they come up with. And I'm hoping that it just involves a steady diet of when Drummond's on the floor, using him as a screener. So at least you're working against Aiton while he's on the move rather than while he's loaded up and waiting for you at the basket. 
I just like their chances they're better. LeBron had a couple of layups in the second half where where when he got in pick and roll, he was meeting Aiton, you know, 10, 12 feet from the basket and able to get his shoulder into him so that he could extend and make, you know, a left-handed layup as opposed to in a traditional isolation set or anything, you know, like a screening action with Wes Matthews or whatever he's doing to get past Crowder where Aiton's waiting for him. And, and he's not able to get that same advantage. You know, LeBron, just he's just got to get you on his hip and on his shoulder somehow so that he can finish. And the same thing goes with Schroeder. Like, Schroeder needs to get you on his back hip so that he can extend out in front of him to make those little scoop layups. And when he's going into a shot blocker, it's not the same. So it'll just be – it's a chess match here. And the chess match just got way more complicated because the Lakers lost their – you know, the, they lost their queen. They lost their, their – one of arguably their most important piece – so they need to figure out a new strategy here. And, and, I, and I'm curious to see what they come up with. Yeah, I mean, even before the series, I think we both, um, when we talked about it, was Anthony Davis was the huge matchup problem, right, in the series. Like, obviously, they didn't have much for LeBron either, but we always thought that AD would be the killer for them. Um, he destroyed them in the regular season, last regular season matchup, last two, ma- last two games. He had, like, what, 70 points combined, mm-hmm. um, getting to the free throw line a lot. And that was a big part of their offense. 30 free throws in the last two games. That's a huge, huge part of their points, especially when they're barely scoring over 100. So he was the big matchup for them. So without him, it's going to be really imperative that all the other guys um, kind of get going. I guess my adjustment here would be just more Marcus Gasol. I think they tried Montrez Harrell tonight. Um, I really don't like that against against Aiden. Um, they play Kaminsky, but Kaminsky doesn't play enough to me to where you can play Trez and kind of mm-hmm. win that matchup. And I think they'll fund him on uh, ball screens. Uh, as bad as Drummond was tonight, I still think he's better than whatever – Trez will do on, on ball screen matchups, right? His ability to kind of come up and get back to Aiden in some sort of manner and be able to uh, be able to contest those jumpers enough. I thought he contested them. Chris Paul still hits those. He's a generational mid-range shooter. He's going to hit those. But I thought Drummond was at least uh, okay on those. But that, the thing that the adjustment for me is just playing Mar- more Marcus Gasol and try to um, have him space. He's the only guy hitting threes for us right now. I think he's shooting like 50% from three. He went three for five tonight. So I think he's shooting over 50% from three in this series. I think he's the only person on the team doing that. We need his shooting, need his spacing, and his passing. He found – you see that pass he got to LeBron while um, I think he was being fronted by Jay Crowder late? Like, those kind of plays just don't open up without him. Get shooters some back cuts. Like, just get the offense kind of flowing more. I think it's tough to play Drummond when there's no AD as well. The point of playing Drummond there is to have AD and LeBron as those backline helpers, right? playing mm-hmm. on off ball, being able to create turnovers. And when you lose one of those, it's just really tough. I thought LeBron was LeBron really kind of took a bunch of defensive plays off tonight, like a lot of rebounds. He just stood there. Um, I don't know if you saw that as well. But I think he was For sure. pacing him. Yeah, he was like pacing himself um, throughout the game, which is understandable. I thought he wanted to turn it on in the fourth, but the lead was kind of too big. Now we'll see in game five um, what happens with that. But I guess that's my adjustment from there. Um what did you see from – did you see anything else from the defense that, like, you're worried about going into game five? Like, with Phoenix, did they do anything tonight other than Chris Paul, I guess, hitting more tough jumpers? I thought Mikel Bridges hit huge, big, timely shots. Did you see anything concerning going to game five, um, even without Anthony Davis playing? Well, so, first of all, like, this is something that you and I talked about all year, the difference between the defensive floor and the defensive ceiling. Um, the Lakers – without Anthony Davis, have a good defensive floor because they play their ass off and all the guards play hard and Frank Vogel is great with scheming and, and they do have enough depth at each position to keep a steady wave of defensive pressure coming, okay? 
But we talked about how against the very best offenses that you needed LeBron and AD because they were the defensive ceiling. Because any truly elite offense, a a truly elite offensive force like Chris Paul or Devin Booker is going to find holes against even a fundamentally sound defense. And, And so, you know, like inevitably without Anthony Davis, the, the whole geometry of the floor changes on the defensive end. You know, each, each, mm-hmm. each, each little crack just gets uh, – each little crack in the defense just gets a little bit wider. You know, one of the big ones I noticed in the second half that the Suns did a really good job of is they would have Booker and Paul on opposite wings or before Paul came back, they'd have Booker and Payne on opposite wings. And they would basically, you know, kind of start slowly – dribbling up to that wing and you know, whether it was Caruso or, or, or Schroeder, they would start shading heavily over to almost the top of the key in the health defense spot because they were giving Mm -hmm. up so many straight line drives to those guys. And then they would just throw a quick swing pass. And all of a sudden you've got Booker or Paul or, or Payne attacking in a closeout. And all of a sudden they've already got you on their hip and they're going into the basket. So they're they're like, and again, like, they don't need to shade over as far if Anthony Davis is one of the guys on that back line that is rotating around. And so it's, it's, it's a problem, you know, like I thought like, you know, we always talk about playoff series as a list of advantages. One team has more advantages than the other. And that usually over the course of a seven game series, those advantages will, sh- will show, you know, they might, or the other team might steal a game by, by, by playing off of their advantages, but, if you've got significantly more advantages like this Laker team does, you're just going to inevitably win over the course of a seven-game series. Well, several advantages. Anthony Davis on the offensive end and Anthony Davis on the defensive end got taken off. You think about KCP. We don't know if he's going to be a go on Tuesday. So all of a sudden, it's like a lot more level playing field. And so now it's really going to be about the little tiny details that are going to end up swinging these next three games. Like, you know, LeBron didn't have to be a consistent jump shooter to win this series when everyone else was playing well and was healthy. But LeBron's going to literally have to shoot the ball really well in this next three-game stretch or the, if AD's out or the Lakers won't win. That's a little detail. That's a huge de- uh, difference. It's going to have to be really smart strategy from Frank. It's going to have to be role players making shots. All of it's going to have to come together at this point under the circumstances. That's just kind of the way that the math of the series changed. And like I said, what was unfortunate about today, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but I felt like the first half was kind of a continuation of uh, of the game three's fourth quarter. A little bit showboaty, a little bit loose, a little bit we've got these guys already. And, and they went into halftime down four. And then the AD news comes out. They're shell-shocked. They waste – seven, eight minutes of game clock, and then they finally kind of snap to a fight mode, but it's too late. Like, you look at it and you think, oh, Chris Paul's hitting shots, Devin Booker's hitting shots, Mikhail Bridges is hitting shots. But really, those shots are just stemming the tide of what was a Laker run. They were playing well, but they wasted their opportunity by, by sloppy in the first half and showboaty, and then by being shell-shocked there to start the third. So, now it's like this clean slate, two games to two. Two of the games are going to be in Phoenix. All of these little details become so much more important. And it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. And Frank's got his work cut out for him, like I keep saying. Um, it's going to be interesting the, what kind of adjustments he makes. 
Yeah, and just looking at, like, the forest through the trees or however that saying goes, like, you still held Phoenix to 100 points. And we talked about it before. Like, I don't think they mind DeAndre Ayton going off if you can hold off Chris Paul, Devin Booker. And Chris Paul with 18 points tonight, Devin Booker 17. You hold those due to, like, 35 combined, 36 combined, however that math goes on. Um, I think you've kind of done your job there. Um, right? So you hold them to that low of scoring. Aiton gets, goes six for eight. He's been going eight for 12 or lines like that. And they've still been held to a hundred points. So I think their game plan still was there. It's just, they did not score enough tonight. Phoenix mm-hmm. against Phoenix shot 28% from three. Again, they shot low from three. I don't think those are coincidence that they shot low from three for like three straight games. Um, I think that's part of the game plan, fly them off the three point line. So I think their defense still kind of held up in like a larger some point. Uh, but they just did not score enough. They did not hit enough open threes. They shot 43, shot like 32%. If you just hit a couple more of those, this game is a little closer. I think that's the key here. Now, like we're going into small and smaller sample size. Like we, I, I know I've been, I keep tweeting, you have to take these open ones. They'll go in eventually. But like the sample that we're getting is getting smaller and smaller. Yep. I guess that's like the, that's like the silver lining to kind of look at. You played what, four games? You defended well in all four of them. Like, you've defended well enough to where if you scored just at an average amount, you win these games. Like, you hold, Phoenix is a top offense. Like, you held them again to 100 points. They were completely healthy tonight. Chris Paul even said he's back, so he's healthy, it looks like. So you held them to 100, and I think they'll live with that. Chris Paul, 7 for 15. Um, you, know, you put them to the line only four times. I think you live with that. Devin Booker, 1 for 5 from 3. You make him take all these mid-range jumpers. He did get to the line seven times. A lot of that was in the first half. Like, those are things you can take into game five. Those are things you can do. AD being out really hurts, but those are things you can still kind of do to a, even a lesser extent with AD, with a Drummond and Gasol. That's the things that I would take from this. Um, I think they'll go into game five expecting AD not to play, and th- that's how you have to go into it, and with LeBron being a little bit more aggressive. And, man, if our shooters can just hit a couple more open, look, open looks. Crusoe, I think, got a couple to go tonight. Kuzma, I think, got one to go. Just Just the open ones, man, that's – all we're asking that they're creating open looks. Phoenix is living, dying in the paint, just just living with these shots. So that's what I'll take from this. Um, and look, it's a loss, but it's two two. Like this is how good teams go, good conference finals teams go. Like this is not a first round matchup to me. Um, I, I keep saying it. These are the two best teams in the West. These are extremely well coached. Chris Paul is a superstar on the other side. Like these aren't going. This is not going to be an easy series, man. I never thought it was. So um, six gamer, seven gamer. It is what it is. But I, I just think that's how these go. And game five, they'll be, have to be ready, and I, I think they will. Yeah, I, you know, uh, the, the series that I would compare this to in LeBron's career um, as of late would be the game or the series against Indiana in the first round of 2018. Now, it's not a straight-up comparison in terms of the identities of the teams and the stars involved and blah, blah, blah. Um, but mm-hmm. I still think – even with LeBron in his somewhat limited state, which, by the way, he looked better physically today. I don't think you can blame LeBron's ankle for his behavior in that second half, in my opinion. Uh, I don't want to say behavior. That's a poor choice of words. But just his, his passivity in the, in the second half, I thought, I thought mostly had to do with his, him being a little bit mentally psyched out by the, the AD injury and, and then the lack of spacing. Um, but that said, like, he's still the best player in this series. And, and if you remember in that Indiana series, Indiana was up two games to one. And they were going on a run in the fourth quarter uh, in Indy, about to go up 3-1 in the series. And Kyle Korver hit a couple shots. And, and it just completely changed the psychology. All of a sudden, 
the Cavs had like a two-point lead with like three minutes left, and LeBron just took over. He had like a driving mm-hmm. layup where he scored on Miles Turner, and then he had another uh, uh, driving spin move on uh, Boyan Bogdanovich where he scored. He just sucked the pace out of the game and, and, just, and just slowed things down and just made the plays, and he won the game. And then it swung the series back in Cleveland's favor, and then they won their two home games and ended up winning. And, and that's kind of the way I see this, this game, this game five here in Phoenix. Like this game, the, the Lakers are not going to go in there and manhandle them. That's not going to happen. Even if AD plays, he's going to be some limited version of himself. So what's going to end up happening is that game's going to be close. And LeBron's going to have a run in him somewhere. And somebody's got to make some shots. Somebody's got to make some plays somewhere down the roster to give that little bit of a boost, just like Kyle Korver did for that Cavs team, just to kind of put it to a range where LeBron can, can close the deal. That's kind of the way I see game five. And, and you know, fortunately, th- with this Laker team, there's a bunch of candidates for that role. There are a bunch of guys who are capable of that. And a lot of guys, the Lakers made 13 threes today. Um, I think they took 40, so it wasn't a great percentage necessarily. But some right. guys got to see some shots go through the rim. Caruso made some shots after he didn't make any in the previous two. You know, Wes made some shots again. Mark made some shots. Um, Kuzma, was, his jumper is still off, but he's getting into the paint and starting to make some of those little, like, running floaters that he likes to make. There's something there. They, that group just needs to kind of, you know, galvanize, come together, and, and, and just get through this game. Um, because if you can go home for the Lakers in game six, they're, they're going to attack that game from the start in a way they didn't today. And I like their chances. And if you can close this series in six while Denver and Portland are beating the hell out of each other, you have a better chance to get AD back to something resembling himself. So I think I think this game five is going to be a really, a really, really uh, pivotal moment for this season. Yeah, one of the last things I kind of wrote down here was like no KCP tonight, which obviously he's not as big as missing Anthony Davis, but I thought they still kind of missed his speed, his athleticism in transition. Um, he's not shooting well in this series, but he would have been nice to have one more shooter out there, right, just to try to get some open looks. Um, I thought uh, Wes Matthews was good on Booker, but he's a little bit more physical. I thought Devin Booker kind of used his physicality against him to draw mm-hmm. a couple of those cheap fouls. KCP does a really nice job of uh, top locking and uh, putting back pressure on him at a point where he doesn't really get, get called for those. So I thought he was a guy that they – they really missed as well, and hopefully um, he can go. He can play in Game Five. And also, I just wanted to give you a chance. Uh, ben McLemore got minutes with LeBron tonight. <laughs> um, I thought Vogel again was looking for shooting. Uh, ben hit his first three, and then decided to hit a fadeaway three pointer as well. Um, his second shot. So it was cool to see him get minutes. And look, they, they need shooting, man. And, and game, I thought Ben kind of hurt them on defense. His off ball defense was still kind of lackadaisical to me. Um, the whole team wasn't locked in, but still, like, he kind of lost his man a few times. But they're going to need shooting, man. They're going to need anyone who can help uh, in game five to, just to give offensive production. Like I said before, 60 points in, like, the end of the third quarter is just not enough offense to be any team. I don't care if you have the best defense of the league. It's just not enough. So those are things they'll have to go, and I'm sure Vogel and everybody else will uh, look at the film and stuff like that. And hopefully AD can go. AD is a guy, we talk about it. Like, he falls almost every game. He gives us heart attacks, like, two or three times every night. And maybe this is just another one, another, like, lingering um, to hope. This is separate from the one that he was questionable, right? So he was questionable with a knee contusion, I believe, before the game. 
and this was now a groin strain. So these are two separate issues. Hopefully these are both minor issues that they find, and hopefully he can go in game five. But, yeah, did you have anything else um, from tonight, from this game, or uh, looking ahead to, to game five? You can go ahead and start bringing up the first guest. I mean, the, the last thing I was going to say, everybody get your requests in. I will take at least uh, four or five callers. Um, uh, my, my impression of the AD injury, the one thing that made me nervous was him immediately grabbing at it. Um, and then also the fact that he had some groin tightness, you know, a few weeks back. Um, it, the thing that makes it sketchy is like, the, like he said, you know, to, to Chris Haynes, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a go, um, like no matter what. And so you could tell AD's mentality is like, I'm playing. And so him not playing in a game that they trailed by four. I mean, I don't know if there was a psychology, you know, amongst the team where they felt like they could win without him or what. But and then again, that attitude from the team coming out of halftime was a little bit, you know, sunken and 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 just like like they all just looked like they lost their belief, which I haven't really seen them play without belief like that since that Clippers game a few weeks back when LeBron was out. And, uh, and the Clippers just punched him in the mouth to start the game. Um, so it, it's, definitely, it's definitely concerning. Uh, but if you, if you can somehow win this series without him, you know, there's a chance that you can give him seven to ten, you know, seven days off at least here. So I, I, would, I would hope that, that they see the opportunity. Uh, um, if he's not playing, I hope they see the opportunity to – they're still – in my opinion – even without AD, the Lakers are still capable of winning this series. I really do believe that. And even tonight, it was a seven-point game. Marcus All had a turnover in the backcourt, and Dennis Schroeder missed a point-blank point layup with like two and a half minutes left. Um, that's not to say they would have won, but the point is, is like from that, you know, two-thirds of the way through the third quarter, the Lakers put their foot on the gas, and when they really engaged defensively, the Suns were sloppy. They rushed things because they're a young team. With Chris Paul on the floor, he was able to make some tough shots, but he wasn't. There was also some that he missed uh, because they defended him really well. So I still think they're capable of getting enough stops and making enough shots to win this series without AD. But yeah, let's get somebody on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see if, uh, if I can get Evan on here. It's connecting. But, but yeah, they're going to have to try to win without him, but. Uh... I don't know. I feel like they just saw at halftime that he wasn't ready to go. He looked like he limped off, uh, really hurting there. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't look like Evan's connecting. Let me see if I can get Appreciate everyone staying with us here on a, on a Sunday afternoon with a bunch more basketball, I think, coming this, this day. Yo, Jay, are you there? Can you hear us, Jay? Jay, I think you're muted, my guy. Okay, his is also muted. And Evans is still connecting. Got anybody else? 
think most people are kind of down after this loss. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't have that many requests here. Well, if you don't have anybody, we can call it. Um, yeah. we, we take a lot of callers in the other games. Everybody it's must okay. be enjoying their Sunday. Oh, so you, oh, I thought you came up. Yeah, it looks like. And it's not connecting. I'll give a last shot. Last shot, anyone wants to come up. If not, we'll, uh, we'll call this one. Let's see. Uh, it looks like that's uh, all we have here. All those guys kind of left. All uh, right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for coming to hang out with us. I'm sorry that Raj and I didn't have something more cheery to talk about. Hopefully we will on Tuesday night. As far as I know, um, I should be able to do Tuesday night for sure. And then maybe on Thursday, I'm going to Aruba on Thursday on an overnight flight, but it doesn't leave until 11:30. So even if it's just for like 20 or 30 minutes, I'm hoping that I'll be able to get, uh, get that one in with you guys. But uh, I think this game on thir- uh, Tuesday is going to be uh, extremely entertaining, uh, extremely kind of like coin flip type of game. And I'm very excited and I'm, and I'm looking forward to it. And I thank you guys coming to hit for coming to hang out with us. And we will talk to you right after that game. Appreciate it, everyone. Thank you. Right, bye-bye.